This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, this month we've been on a series about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And how many people are walking in the fruit of the Spirit? Amen. Glory to God. And so we, we, we're looking at a familiar passage here in the book of, of Galatians Chapter 5, verse 22. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Galatians 5, 22. They may put it on uh, behind me. And um, it, it's, this is our foundational scripture. And, you know, I'm going to say this. God wants us walking in fruit. Amen. Amen. He wants us walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And th- this is a list of fruit that we need to be walking in as believers. Amen. And it says here, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And notice it says, against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Amen? And so Paul is encouraging us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, when you receive Jesus as your personal Savior, um, you know, God gives you the ability to be nice. I'm going to say it again. God gives you the ability to be super nice when other people aren't being too nice. Amen. Amen. You know, there's there's an old song that says, they will know that we're Christians by our Cadillacs. No, no, no. (laughs) By our money. No. They will know that we're Christians by our love. Amen. Amen. And so that's how they're going to know that we're Christians. And so, um, and so God's love should be shining through each one of us. I know some of you may not be morning people. Maybe your love doesn't shine through in the morning. But God's love needs to shine through us through these attributes. So today we're going to talk about the fruit of gentleness. Amen. Do we got any gentle people in here? Glory to God. Now it's also... Hallelujah. Uh, the fruit of gentleness is it's a, it's a benefit that can, uh, that can um, benefit the kingdom when we operate in it. And gentleness, I looked this up, and it's the quality and state of being gentle, especially mildness of manner or disposition. So, um, in other words, I like to say this, as Christians, we need to be a little laid back. We don't need to be harsh or hard, or we need to learn to get laid back, not be so... You know what I'm saying, all, all bundled up, amen. So it says here that, that gentleness, another word for gentleness is actually meekness, meekness. And, you know, when you think about that, you know, most men don't want to think that they're, they're meek. But, you know, Jesus was meek. And, you know, what Jesus, and meekness is really, it's not weakness, but it's strength under control. So it's you have the power to wield and to do some things, but you you put it under God's control. You know, I like to say this way that meekness is like a stallion horse. That's that's a wild horse. And, you know, that horse has to be trained. It has to be broken. And sometimes our flesh is like a wild horse. You know, you know, know what I'm talking about. And we need to we need to be able to control our flesh that's the part of us that doesn't want to be nice. Amen. And so, and so gentleness is, is powerful. And it's powerful when we're walking it, when, when we're receiving correction. Amen. 
In other words, if you ever get pulled over by a police officer, you want to be gentle. You don't want to be like, why'd you pull me over? What's your problem, bud? No, you, know, you, 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 you want to be gentle, you know, when, when getting corrected. Maybe you're going over the speed limit or maybe you have a headlight out. But it, it, it pays to be gentle to the police. Amen. Can I get an amen or oh me? Amen. And, uh, and also when you're instructing people, you know, gentleness is good when we're instructed, especially if you're parents and you're instructing your children, you're trying to bring correction to your children. I think you get a lot more with sugar than with vinegar. Amen. And so really, we don't want to correct our children in anger. We don't want to, you know, we want to correct them in, in gentleness. Of course, you know, sometimes you have to apply the, the, the what is it, the, the Board of Education to the higher seat of learning. Have you ever heard that? The Board of Education to the higher seat of learning, right? And so every once in a while, but you still do it in love. You know, it's, it's that old saying, son, it's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Has anybody been whooped in here? Okay, we won't go. <laughs> you know, the Bible teaches that we need to discipline our kids. Amen. Amen. And a whooping it will do good every once in a while. Amen. And so when, when I think of, uh, of gentleness, I really think of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is really the third, uh, the third part of the Godhead. And really, I believe it's a, it's a real prominent quality uh, of the Holy Spirit. And let's look at Matthew chapter 3, 13 through 17. And we're going to look at this. And this is uh, actually Jesus and really talk, shows how meek Jesus is. And this is a scene where Jesus is going to be water baptized by his cousin John. And it says here in Matthew 3, and we're going to be reading 13 through 17... It says that Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. So John had a revelation that Jesus was greater than him. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. Now this is a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. Think about this. He came down as a dove. He could have came down as an eagle. <laughs> he could have came down in a different form, but he chose a dove. Why? Why did the Holy Spirit... Why was he represented as a dove? Because I believe a dove is a gentle bird. Amen? And God is gentle. Amen? A lot of times we don't think it's God being gentle, but he is gentle with us. You know, the Bible says that even prophecy, when you're ministering under the anointing and power of God, that it should be edifying. It should build you up, edifying. and It should, it should bring exhortation. And, and it should... Uh, exhort you. Amen. And it should bring comfort. So, you know, the the word of God should bring comfort to us. Amen. And so we see that Jesus is also represented as an animal too. What what animal do you think he's represented as? A lamb. Amen. For you guys know your Bible. Praise God. And so, yeah. And so when you think of a lamb, you think of an animal that is meek and mild. Think about that. And Jesus, you know, Jesus was no wimp. 
Just because you're meek does not mean that you're a wimp. Jesus drove out the money changers out of that, out of that church building one day. Amen? Why? Because they were doing the wrong things. And he said, my house shall be a house of prayer. And then he started ministering and healing people. Amen? They were turning it into a den of thieves, as he said. Praise God. So let's look at something, how Jesus describes himself. And let's look at Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And this is really good. It says here... And this is Jesus. If you found it, just say amen. It says here in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. It says, come to me, all you are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, I want to focus in right here on the next stance here. For I am gent- gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Think, think about this. This is Jesus. I mean, it's, if you're reading your Bible, it's in red. Amen. He actually said this. And, he's, and he refers to himself as being gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus. Amen. And so when you think about that, how much more should we be gentle? How much more should we be walking in meekness? Amen. Again, meekness isn't weakness, but it's strength under control. And so I want to say this. Jesus is talking about hooking up with him. Jesus is not a hard taskmaster. He's not trying to control or manipulate any one of us. His heart is to work with us and lead us into greener pastures. See, some people are afraid to hook up with Jesus because they think they're going to have to sell everything and move to Africa and become a missionary. But that may not be for everybody. God's not calling everybody to be a missionary in Africa. My, my old pastor that used to preach, he, he had a fear that he was going to be called to Africa and he wasn't Tarzan. And he didn't have Jane. His, you know, he was a young kid and he moved and he, and he kind of veered away from God because he had a fear that God was going to make him sell everything and move to a, another country and preach the gospel. Amen. And so that's that's not you know, that's not for everybody. Amen. It's not for me. I'm not moving. Amen. I like America. I like running water. Amen. But don't shout me down because you like to go visit third world countries and help people. We do that. We we give out offerings and we help people all over the world. Amen. So so Moses also was considered one of the meekest men on the earth. Moses. Think about the man that broke the tablets. You know, the first tablets that he that that when he was up on the mountain with God. And Moses was, you know, the one that killed somebody in his early life. He, but he, he learned to be meek. And, and so Moses, you know, anytime people that came against Moses, he would pray for them. You know, there were lots of people and he had a big church. Some say he had about 300 million people. Maybe, two, I'm not 300 million, 3 million to 2 million people. And uh, that's a big church. And so, you know, he was he was meek and he was humble. And sometimes the church would get out of line. And what would he do? He would pray for them. Sometimes people in our lives get out of line. Sometimes they don't do all the right thing. I'm talking to the right crowd today. Sometimes your spouse gets out of line. What? My spouse gets out of line. Uh, Just keep looking straight. Don't 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 look at your spouse right now. They may have got out of line this morning. Amen. I don't want to go to church. All right. But uh, but you know what? How do we want to respond? We want to we want to pray for them. I, I like to, you know, because I, I, I sleep with my wife. Amen. That's a good thing. Amen. 
it, it's, it's legal in the Bible. It says it's okay to sleep with your wife. Amen? And, uh, but I, I want to be on her good side. Amen? I, I don't want to be sleeping on the couch. So, so I, I, I pray that I have favor with my wife. I try to do nice things for my wife. My wife is, you know, she was upset with me the other day about something. And, and so, you know, she was making some food and, I, and she had it in the microwave. And, and she was in the den uh, sitting on the couch. And I took it out and I carried it to her. Somebody say be meek. <laughs> Amen. And it, it loosens some things up. Amen. I'm telling you, being nice can change people. Amen. God is nice. God is a nice God that we serve. I know in the Old Testament, he killed a lot of people, but, but we're, we're in the New Testament now. Amen. And Jesus died so that he could give us what? Abundant life. Amen. And it says in, it says in Numbers 12, 3, that Moses was very meek above all the men which was on the face of the earth. And because, I believe he was very meek because he prayed for those that came against him. Even his sister and his brother came against him at one time. And he prayed for them. Amen. And, uh, and, and, and so God exacted a little judgment. But God healed his sister. His sister uh, got sick because she was coming against Moses. Amen. I'm telling you that. I'm going to say this to you today. Be careful. Don't come against people. Don't be careful on, on even if they do wrong. You know, if you got people out here that don't know Jesus, well, that's in their nature. They're going to do wrong. They might do bad. Amen. They, they're they're going to they're going to be you know, they're going to do some sin. That's what that's what they do. Amen. But but what are we called to do? We're called to pray for these people. We're called to love people. Amen. Um, praise God. So let's look at three things that we can do in order to be able to cultivate this fruit in our life. Number one, to cultivate this fruit of meekness, we must be submissive to the will of God. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. So, uh, so that's where it has all begun. We have to, to learn to be gentle. We must relinquish our power to God Amen. instead of ourselves. Because, you know, Anybody can take their own revenge. But the Bible says, leave room for the wrath of God. It says, do not take your own revenge. In other words, you have the ability to take somebody down. Amen. But, but leave room. Pray for these people. What the Lord's been teaching me lately is he, he's been teaching me that everybody messes up. Amen. Does everybody mess up? Amen. Well, you might say, I don't mess up. Well, you are already messing up. <laughs> If you think you don't mess up, you're not a mess up, then you're already messed up. Amen. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So, so, so if you think you don't make a mistake, I like what my dad used to say. He, he who does nothing makes no mistakes. So if you're going to do something, you're going to make a mistake. Amen. amen. Hopefully as we win our walk, we, get, we, we make less and less mistakes. Amen. Because we're learning to be submitted under God. Amen. So, so we, if we cannot be submissive to the will of God, we will have trouble being gentle. Because we will be under our own control. Jesus was the best example of being submissive to the will of the Father. In the garden before his crucifixion, he told God he, he, he would be submissive to God's will. You know, Jesus, you know, in that garden called the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, that was right before the soldiers were going to take him to take him to be beaten by a whip and to go to the cross. 
And let's look at Matthew 26. And let's look at this. This is, this is pretty good. Matthew 26, 39 through 44. It says here, uh, starting with verse 39, this is talking about Jesus. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you, your will. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? He was being meek. I, I would have probably um, kicked him to wake them up, but that's me. So, so he, he says, can you, just walk, can you just watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, Jesus now instructs them, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, the flesh is the part of us that's not renewed by God. Amen. Our spirit's renewed, but our flesh, we have to get it in line. And so, so sometimes you just have to pray to get your flesh or let me put it this way, to get your emotions in line. Does anybody ever have their emotions take off on them and they get you get angry and you get more angry and then it, then it moves from anger to, to wrong thoughts. Then finally you're ending up, you know, losing your head, losing your cool. Amen. So really, we need to pray before we lose our cool. Amen. We need to pray before, you know, because people will make you lose your cool. I always use the traffic thing. Does anybody ever beep their horn at you in traffic? Or are you the one that's doing all the beeping? Are you the beepers? Get out of the way. <laughs> you're in my way. I'm in a hurry. You know, are you the beepers? You know, if you're the beepers, this message is for you. <laughs> and even if you're not the ones that's blowing your horn, then this message is for you, too. Because I, I used to find myself almost cursing out the people. And I'm a pastor. And I'm about ready to do one of these out the window. And then I see it's one of my congregational members. And I go, oh. <laughs> Amen. And then I'm, now I'm teaching on meekness because they're here today. No, I'm kidding. But, and so a second time he went away, prayed, saying, oh, my father, is this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it. Your will be done. And he, and he came and found them asleep again. So his disciples were supposed to be helping him pray. He was in his most vulnerable time of his entire life. And they're falling asleep on him. Sort of like you guys when I preach every once in a while. Amen. And they were falling asleep on the master. And so, and so he finally says, so he left them sleeping. And he went away and prayed the third time saying the same words. You know, I'm going to say this, that. You know, even in, a, in, another, in another verse, it talks about that when the, the, the soldiers came to get Jesus, that Peter had a sword and he tried to, you know, Peter needed this meekness message today. Amen. And he had a sword and he tried to, you know, take off one of the heads of the, of, of, of the soldiers, actually one of the ser- servants of the soldier. And he, and he got the, the servant's ear and he cut the ear off. Amen. And Jesus said, put that sword away. Amen. And, uh, you know, Jesus actually said to him, do you think that I, I could call a legion of angels 
And they would fight for me right now. Jesus could have called a legion of angels. Think about that. A legion is is a regiment of 6,000 soldiers. He could have called a legion of angels and they would have took him right out. You know, one angel in the Bible in the Old Testament can destroy an entire city. What, What could a legion of angels do? Take out the entire world if he wanted to. So he said to Peter, I could have, I could call, I like that song. He could have called 10,000 angels. Do you like my singing? (laughs) I'm not a singer, glory to God, but I can make a joyful noise, but he could have called. It would have been, it would have been more accurate, 6,000 angels, but anyway, so, so he could have called a legion of angels. You know, let's look at Philippians 2, 1 and 8. And let's look at this. And this is how we should behave as Christians. And and really, if you have the Holy Spirit and you're in fellowship with God, it should be easy to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Can I say that again? If you're in fellowship with God, then his attributes should be shining through us. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, we should be walking in love, peace, joy, patience. Kindness, goodness, and meekness. Amen. We should be walking that. So in Philippians 2, 1 through 8, let's look at this. It says, therefore, if there's any consolation of Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Underline that. Let each consider others better than themselves. Especially when you're going to eat this afternoon. Make sure you don't get the biggest piece. Okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? If the plate is being passed. Amen. The biggest pork chop. Amen. In other words, allow other people, in other words, prefer other people. Amen? And this is something you have to practice. It doesn't come easy. And it's not natural for us. Amen? And he said, let each of you look not only at, for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, now this is talking about Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. So Jesus took the form of a bondservant and coming in as a likeness of a man, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Meekness is humbling yourself. And he became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. So we see here that that walking in humility and walking in gentleness uh, with God and others is a key ingredient in walking in the fruit of gentleness and meekness. And I really believe that when we walk in this fruit, it will make all our relationships better. Can I say that again? Some of you may have some relationships that might not be too good. And so if you learn to start walking in meekness and learn to be gentle with people, I'm telling you, in every area of your life with with your relationships, it's going to go good. Amen. Amen. 
when we learn to walk in meekness towards God, you know, vertically, and we are humble before God. And, and, and that's why we pray. We pray because we, we reveal to God that we need him. People that don't pray uh, or don't tend to pray and, and, and ask God for help, they're not really walking in too much meekness. Amen. And so so really meekness is saying, God, I don't have it all together. I, I, I need your strength today. I need your power to overcome today. I, I, I might encounter something today that may may cause me to lose my temper, cause me to lose my cool. And I'm going to need you to help me today. And I find this is when I forget to pray in the morning, something bad happens in the afternoon. Is anybody and I lose it or I miss it or I sin? Is, is, am, I, is, am I relating to anybody this morning? Am I in the right crowd this morning? I find when I don't get God really involved, then sometimes the, the, the you know, a monkey wrench is thrown into the works. And we know who, who, who does that? The enemy. Amen. We do have an enemy of our souls. That's the devil. Amen. Jesus defeated him. Glory to God. In the, in the wilderness, and he defeated him when he went to the cross. So, so the, ne- the next key, and this is an important key to walking in meekness, is we must be teachable. We must be teachable. People that know it all are not teachable. People that think that they have it all together, a lot of times they're not too teachable. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Again, we must come to God and we must reveal to God that we don't have it all together, that he has it all together, that he's the perfect one. We're imperfect, but he's perfect. And hopefully his perfection is working through. Am I getting, uh, am I getting through to anybody today? So in James 121, uh, this is the new century version. It says, put out of your life every evil thing and every uh, unkind and wrong thing. Then in gentleness, accept God's teaching that is planted in your hearts, which can save you. So really, you know, you're in church today and hopefully you're in church to learn something. And really, so you can get a word that can save you. In other words, that can protect you from a bad situation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so in in Proverbs 13, 18, this is another good, uh, good word about being teachable. It says, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. Now, King Solomon wrote this, and he was the wisest man on the earth, man on the earth that day, and he was one of the wealthiest men on the earth that day. And uh, he wrote this, that poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. I don't want any poverty, and I don't want any shame. So I want to receive instruction. But he that regards reproof shall be honored. Amen. Are you here? You're, you're here today. And I'm going to say this. Can I get out of my chair today? Um, I'm going to say this, that when you honor God by coming out on a Sunday morning, God's going to honor you. Amen. The amount of honor we show God, I really believe he, it's the amount of honor that he will bring back. And he will bring even greater honor back unto us. Do you believe that today? So we have to have a teachable spirit and we have to be able to receive instruction, amen, that we need from Jesus. And so, so we, need, we need to learn to be teachable, amen. 
Teachable spirit is part of being submissive to the will of God. And it is God's will for you to grow. And as you're willing to learn so you can be submissive to his will. I want to say this. It's not easy to submit to God all the time. Thank you for a one or two amens that's honest. The rest of you are pure as the driven snow. And you guys are always being submitted to God. That's what my prayer is. But amen. But it's not always easy to submit to God's will. It's not always easy when God prompts us to do something for somebody and we don't have a lot of time on our hands. And, you know, God will prompt you to be nice. He will prompt you to be a blessing. And so I'm going to say this. It's always better when you do that. We had a young man that was trying to, you know, he was he was going to house to house trying to sell candy and um, uh, to so he could win a trip for something. And he was coming to my door. Uh, he came to my door. I was busy. And I said, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. He just dropped his head and walked away. And I just felt like the Lord said, you're, you're a real good pastor, aren't you? <laughs> you could have used that as an opportunity to minister my love to him. Couldn't you just pull out a dollar, you know, and give it to the and I He didn't say it like that. But I just felt like, you know, myself, you know, I could have been a little nicer. I'm good. Get out of my yard. I've got things to do. You're trying to sell this. I don't need any candy. And you want to win a trip to Water Country, USA? I want to go there. Do you know what I'm talking about? You want a trip to, you want, you want, you want me to pay for your trip. Are you, does anybody know what I'm talking about here? And so, you know, I, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, yeah, I had to run an errand and I had to run down the street. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if I ha- by happen chance, I took some cash. By happen chance, if I run into that young man, I'm going to give him some money and tell him that, that you love him. And so, and so I was, you know, I said, if I happen to run into him. And so I'm driving down the street and I knew he was going that way. And all of a sudden I see that young man with a big box. It looks like he did. It looks like nobody has helped him. And I said, hey, man, come over here. He was knocking on the door. Nobody's answering the door. And he said, yeah, I said, I just wanted to let you know that Jesus loves you and I love you. And, and here's some money. Don't worry about giving me anything. And I planted a seed. Amen. Amen. It was good for this service this morning. Amen. Amen. <laughs> what, what was that? That was God's love coming out of me. That was, that was when Jesus said there's two types of people in the kingdom of God. And he said there's two types of people. He said the father tells both these, uh, one person to go do something. And that person said, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they never get around to doing it. And then he tells the second person, the second son to do it. And he said, I'm not going to do it. But he ends up doing it. Who's the one that actually followed the will of the father? Not the one that said, gave a yes service and didn't do it. It was one that said no, but turned around and did it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's not just saying, yes, God, yes, I'm going to do something. It's, you know, it's like when I said, go, I'm good. I'm good. Get out of my yard. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I, but it was like, are you going to be a blessing or not? You know, are we going to be a blessing or not? I really believe some of us are praying for blessings and God's saying, I'm, I want to set you up for a blessing, but you've got to become a blessing before you can get a blessing. You've got to be a blessing to somebody. 
And when you unselfishly give out of a heart of love, God will do things for you. Do you believe that today? So number three, we must consider others. Amen. Um, and in Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, it says, this, it says it this way. It says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So this is the Apostle Paul writing this to the church of Ephesus. And he's saying, I beseech you, you know, to, uh, by, you know, to walk in lowliness and be gentle with long suffering, bearing with one another. Why? Because p- people can, they, they can make mistakes. People do stupid things at times. And you're like, yeah, yeah, they can do stupid. Yeah, but we got to bear with people. Have you ever done anything stupid? Don't, don't. Just keep looking ahead. Don't look at your spouse. Amen. Have you ever done anything that was just, just slap dumb? Of course, what the Lord revealed to me is, he says, he revealed to me this when I was preparing for this message. I don't know about you, but I'm preaching to me because I need meekness in my life. I can tend to have a short fuse. Anybody like that out there? So we need to be considerate of other people's feelings. Uh, you know, we need to be considerate of this. Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at a powerful story that relates to gentleness. And this is in Luke 15, 11 through 32. And this is really, uh, Jesus is talking about the father and it's about the wayward son. And he said this, then he said, and he's given this story because Jesus used to give a lot of stories when he ministered. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided, them, uh, he divided to them his livelihood. So he had two sons. And what one son was saying was, I want my inheritance before you die. Think about that. And the, and the father said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and split up my inheritance uh, before I die. I mean, this is a pretty nice dad. You know, I would have been saying, say what? You want my inheritance before I die? Okay, you know. Um, walking in this, I think I would have said to my son. But he divided it. And he said, and not many days after that, the younger son gathered all to get, uh, uh, younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, when he spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen that was in the country. And he, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. So he didn't really have a good job. And he, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. Think about that. In other words, that wasn't a good employer. I guess he wasn't giving them too much. And no one gave him anything. So there was no love around this man. He spent all his money. His money ran out. He ends up in a pigsty feeding swine. And he was so hungry, he was willing to eat what the swine was willing to eat. And that's what happens to us when we get away from God. We, 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 we can get into a place in our life where it's not good. And, you know, I don't want to be in that place where I get away from God, where I'm eating, sw- you know, swine's food. I, I don't want to be in that place. And so, so and it says no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, somebody say, come to yourself. Amen. 
when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned again against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. Now, now he's getting to a place in his life where he sees that, you know, what he's doing isn't working. And now he's, he's getting a little bit more humble. Are you, thinking, are you hearing what I'm saying today? And he, and, he, and, he, and, he see, and he starts thinking about his dad, that he has plenty of servants and that he could go back. So he says, and so he, he says, I'm the, you know, he makes up the speech and he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and, re- and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And so we see this. This is the heart of God. See, the heart of God is not to really rebuke us in our time of need. The heart of God is not to slap us down. The heart of God is to embrace us when we have missed it. That's the heart of God. So Jesus is talking about this father and he's really talking about the heart of God, about how, how God loves people. And God is not looking to, you know, to beat you down this morning. He's looking to lift you up. And maybe you made a couple of mistakes. Maybe you're not with God fully, but he's he's I believe he's saying to you today, I'm with you. I, I, I want you to be with me, you know, so I can show you my love and my mercy. And so with the father, you know, he was he had a meek and humble attitude towards the son that spent all the money, all the inheritance and did all the wrong things. But then it comes to the brother. I'm not going to read the rest of this, but the brother, the older brother that did everything right, was angry that the father threw a party for the son. And 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 the and the older brother said, you know, dad, you know, you never gave me a calf so I can have a party with my friends. And he was upset with his father by being gener- by being nice. And the father said, you know, all that I have will always be yours. And he said, you know, and he said, you know, your brother was dead, but now he's alive. So we should celebrate the fact. No, we shouldn't celebrate the fact when somebody's doing wrong things. We shouldn't celebrate the fact when they're lying, cheating, stealing, doing all the wrong things. No, we don't celebrate that. But we do celebrate when they wake up. When they wake up out of a bad... Because one one time you used to do all these bad things. Thank you for some amens. At one time you used to be like that prodigal son. But God showed you mercy. God showed you love. God brought you in. God brought you to exceed life, church, to be blessed, to prosper. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And God is not trying to beat you up. He's, he's glad that you're here this morning. Amen. And so how are we going to utilize the fruit of gentleness in our, in, our, in our walk? We have to learn to help others in the struggle of their sin. 
And I'm closing down here. It says here in Galatians 6, 1 and 4, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such as one in a spirit of gentleness. So when somebody's messing up, you don't want to beat their head in. Amen. You don't want to get all angry with them. You don't want to do it in anger. It's like, you messed up. Amen. It's like the man that Jesus talks about that owed this king millions of dollars and the king forgave him. And then, you know, the man knew another person that owed him some money, say a couple thousand dollars. And he saw the man on the street and he took the man by the throat and started strangling the man and said, give me my money. You owe me. And the servants saw what the man did and reported it to the king that forgave him of all these millions. And he said, take that man and throw him into prison and let him be tortured until he until he could pay everything back. Think about that. So 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 Jesus was given this story of this man that was forgiven of much, but he didn't forgive much. And so this is what we need to think about is because we've been forgiven of much. Do we forgive much? We, you know, just by the grace of God, thank God we're not in a pig pen today. Thank God we're, we're in our right mind today. Thank God just by the grace of God. So I want to say this, that, that we're supposed to correct being spiritual, our, our brothers and sisters, in, a, in, in an attitude of love. Amen. And, and it says here, but let each one examine his own work that he may have rejoiced of himself alone and not to another saying that, you know, we need to be very careful that we don't come too hard on another brother because the weakness that they might be dealing with may be your weakness tomorrow. Amen. Amen. So we need a guard against pride. Uh, another key in utilizing gentleness is in forgiveness. And that's where we got to be very careful because uh, it, when people do us wrong, we, we just want to talk bad about them. We want to rehearse it. And then curse them. But it says in Colossians, therefore, as, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, put on tender mercies of kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has complained against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. So if we're going to forgive people, we need to do it gently and not in anger. In other words, sometimes we forgive people, but we, in a, we say we forgive them, but we give them the silent treatment and we're not around them. Amen. I forgive you, brother, but you give them the silent treatment. That's not a, a, a heart of gentleness or meekness. Amen. Uh, we need to use utilize this gift of gentleness or meekness in bringing correction to others. Amen. When somebody messes up, you know, I um, how many people like Kentucky Fried Chicken out here? I love it. Amen. And my, my wife loves it. And so I picked some Kentucky Fried Chicken up for her. And, uh, you know, we got home. And do you know, I, I went, can I give you a tip this morning? Always check the bag before you leave the drive through <laughs> Have you ever ordered something and uh, they didn't give you what you ordered? Amen. And you're about ready to curse that company? <laughs> and you drive down. Or is it just me? Or do you, are you guys perfect and you're always checking the bag and make sure it's what's in it? And how many people check the bags down here? Amen. 
And so sometimes. And so, you know, I, I we got there and instead of getting the green beans, you know, we got the cold slaw. And, you know, the cold slaw. Well, that's good with poured pork, but I don't know it's, if it's good for chicken. I mean, I like the green beans. And I said to my wife, she said, oh, they got the, my wife is always gentle. And, uh, well, for the most part. <laughs> but she went off that day. <laughs> she said, I said, baby, you want me to go back there and switch it out, baby? And you know, I don't really mean it. I don't want to drive back down there. You know, you say those kind of things. Baby, you want me to go back? I'll go back there. You know, it's, it's only about five minutes down the road anyway. It wasn't that far. And uh, she, she finally said, well, you know, the kids don't like cold slaw. <laughs> you, know, you know, ladies never tell you to do something. They just say, the kids don't like cold slaw. <laughs> they kind of beat around the bush a little bit. In other words, get your backside in that car and get that switched out. <laughs> well, the kids don't eat cold slaw. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, you know, so I said, baby, I'm going to jump in that car. And I always, I, I don't know, when somebody, when, I, when somebody does me wrong, especially if it's a company, I want retribution. I want them to give me something free because I'm driving all the way back there. Is it, are anybody like me? Like, are you guys like that? They're a company. They're a multi-million dollar company. Kentucky Fried Chicken should be excellent, you know. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about that today. But anyway, take that off the tape. But uh, but I went down there and normally I, I used to, you know, maybe about a, three weeks ago, but I used to, I used to be a little huffy and puffy that you guys gave me the wrong stuff and be, but today, but that day I was nice and humble. Amen. And I was humble and I said, you guys had made a mistake. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. And she gave me it, but she didn't give me any prize after that. I didn't get I didn't get a coupon. I almost want to say, can I talk to the manager? But uh, but I was meek. Amen. I, I won. I won it. What? See, the key is this. If you if especially if you're a pastor, but if you call yourself a Christian, you need to act like a Christian. Amen. In other words, you can't be acting like the world. And because they, they look at you and you might be the closest thing that they see in Jesus. And if you're acting all weirded out because you didn't get your, because you got coleslaw instead of beans, then, you know, that's going to be a problem. So what we want to do is we want to be meek and, and given correction. Same thing with our kids, you know. We, you know, I, I think, again, people receive better with sugar than vinegar. And when, when you're a little bit more Mild, you know, with even your children, I try to, you know, be more mild instead of yelling at them. Get your blankety blank, you know, whatever in the house. You know, you, you know what I'm saying to you today? Use some meekness. Amen. I believe will go a long way. In Second Timothy, it says a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle. Underline that. Be gentle to all able to teach patient and humility, correcting those who are in opposition If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So so even, you know, there is a real devil out here. Amen. There's evil in the world. And and even Christians can yield to the devil. Okay, thank you for that. Amen. So so we don't want to yield to the devil, but we want to yield to God. Amen. Uh, uh, a key, uh, another key is in marriage relationships. 
And we want to be humble in our marriage and meek in our marriage relationships. It says here now, this is written to the wives, but um, I know the men are going to say good because they, they need to hear it. Amen. But it says here in 1 Peter 3, 1, 7, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. In other words, if you're calm, cool, and collective wives, when you should be spazzing out, if there is an unbeliever in the house, he may see that, that you are calm, cool, and collective, and that it may make him want to turn to do right. And when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let, and then, then it says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold and putting on fine apparel. It's okay to look good. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So, so here, you know, uh, Peter is saying that what is precious is a quiet spirit. Amen. So we want to learn to, to be, be and, and men, you could take this too, you know, to have a, a quietness about you. Amen. And so uh, another, another key to using this is in our conduct. Amen. James 3.13, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by his good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. Everything we do, we should strive to walk in gentleness. This is heavenly wisdom. Amen. Gentleness is heavenly wisdom. Let's look at what James called heavenly wisdom in James 3.17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable. This is heavenly wisdom here. It's pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So what he's saying here, he's saying that, that you know, there's a worldly wisdom. The worldly wisdom says, get mad, do all that you can to get yours, push your way through life, you know, try to jump in line, try to do whatever you can. That's a worldly wisdom. But the wisdom of God is pure, pure motives, peaceable, having peace, being gentle. This is God's wisdom. Willing to yield to mercy and good fruits without partiality. And then the last key here in using, in using the, the fruit of gentleness for the kingdom of God is witnessing the people. I'm going to say this. You're not going to win anybody to Jesus if you're going to say you're going to die and go to hell if you don't get Jesus. I don't think that changes anybody. I think that makes people mad. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? It does, it does. You're going to die and go to hell if you don't get Jesus. Turn or burn. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, that's not the way you should be witnessing the gospel. I'm glad I was never witnessed that way, you know, because you, you, that's not the way to witness. Now, people do it a lot of times. They witness like that. But I never see them getting anybody saved. I, I see them getting people throwing stuff at them. I don't want people throwing stuff at me. I don't want people getting mad at me. But but really, you know, it says here in First Peter, it says, in First Peter three fifteen, it said, "By sanctify this new American standard Bible, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you, and to give an account of the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and reverence. This is Bible here. 
This, this is, you know, Peter, first Peter, Peter's saying he was one of the apostles, the great apostle. And he's saying, when you witness, do it in, a, in an attitude of gentleness and reverence. Not all haughty that you're all this. Let me get down on you level. Not that you're all. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? No, we're not better than Christians aren't better than non-Christians. We're far from being better. We're just we're just in a better place. We're just going to go to a better place. Are you hear what I'm saying today? We're not better than an unsaved person. Amen. But we but we will be in a better place because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, it says here in first Corinthians and I'm closing here. It says, for though I am free from all men. This is Paul writing. I have made myself a slave to all so that I may win more. To the Jew, I become a Jew so that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not, uh, those under the law through not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law through not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those that are without the law. In other words, what is he saying? He's saying to the weak, I become weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, so that I might be, uh, uh, that I may be all means save some. Amen. So what is he saying? Paul is saying this, is that when we're talking to other people about Jesus, we want to try to get to their level and we don't want to, bring our morals down to their level. But we want to get to a place where we say, oh, I know where you were at. I used to be, I, I used to do some of these things. And, and what God did, he, he delivered me from that. He delivered me from smoking. He, he delivered me from doing these things that, that, that would cause bad, you know, my health to go down. You know, I used to be like that, but, but God did this. And, uh, you know, and you want to relate to people. Amen. Amen. And when you become relatable to people, then you can get to a place where you can win them into the kingdom of God. So in conclusion, I believe walking in the fruit of gentleness will enhance and bless every relationship that we have. It will bless our relationship with God when we're gentle with God, when we're, when we're seeking him. And it will bless our relationships uh, horizontally and vertically. So I'm telling you, when you walk in that spirit of gentleness... I'm telling you, you're going to see you're going to see your relationships go up higher. You're going to walk in the peace of God. You're going to walk in the joy of God. You're going to walk in the love. of God. You, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Praise. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning and we just thank you, Father God, that you are so good and that you are gentle, Lord. And oh, Father God, that you just desire for us to be in your kingdom. And I just thank you for every person here at the sound of my voice, those that are watching Online, glory to God. And Father God, I just thank you, Lord God, that 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 maybe they've never made a decision for you, maybe out of fear, maybe out of doubt or unbelief, not knowing your true character, that you are a God of love. Well, today is the day of salvation. And perhaps you're here today and you never prayed a prayer asking Jesus into your heart. And you know that that today that you need to do that. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you know you're and you're, you're ready to receive Christ, just say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, 
I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.